her sort of, I guess, moral compass is very interesting. I think that she is very much like a live for herself kind of person. You know, she she, she cares about Neira because she, she cares about her and she wants her to be safe because she cares about her. Her moral principle is very much kind of just guided on her own whims and based on, you know, how she personally feels about certain things. If I don't like you, if you're in my way, I won't hesitate to kill you. But the people that she cares about, she she cares about. Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 130 of Purple Hyacinth. And today we have a special guest. I just realized I did not ask you how to pronounce your name. So please say your name. <laughs> it's Suki. You can just call me Suki. Suki. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Suki is here. And I'm very excited to have Suki because Suki has a really, really cool YouTube channel called Suki's Corner. And she does um, Purple Hyacinth videos. And I love you videos. And you do the kind of videos that I wish I like had the time to do. Um, because you <laughs> like, probably script them. And you have like pictures. And they're really like organized and they're fantastic. And I mean, it's it's different. Like we kind of do, you know, panel by panel. We have like other co-hosts, but I love, love, love your videos. So everyone check them out. Thank you. And um, Tuki, would you like to introduce yourself? Say, let the world know whatever you want them to know. So, yeah. So um, my name is is Suki. uh, And as she just said, I I run the YouTube channel called Suki's Corner. Um, I have a VTuber model that I usually use. And she's a dinosaur princess from the moon. (laughs) Um, And I just really enjoy Webtoons. So it's kind of my favorite thing to talk about on my channel. Yes. And you also do I Love You, which is one of my other favorite Webtoons. Mm -hmm. I have it's like I love it as much as I love the ones that I do uh, a podcast on but like I just can't add more and there's also you have content and um lover of peers um Chewie also has great I love you podcast. Mm-hmm. feel this saturated but it's I, love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I do too it's it's something I've been following for years now I, I'm pretty sure I started reading it like way back when it first came out so it's, it's like kind of a long time passion project for me at this point yeah, wow, that's a while ago. So um, I guess in terms of Purple Hyacinth, we talked a little bit about how you found it. Um, now I'm curious, who are your favorite characters? Okay, so um, for the main cast, uh, this might not come as a surprise, but I really like Kieran. He's oh. he's just got such a chiseled jawline and his eyes are like the ocean. And he's a very, very attractive, handsome man, especially in Sophism's art style. Um, I also really like Lauren. I really like her kind of fiery nature. And I, I love her humanity. <laughs> she's very emotional, but uh, she she's so emotional because she cares so much. So big fan of her. Uh, as far as the not main cast, I really love Randall. I... <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just like his his grumpy catness <laughs> is something that I somehow really resonate with. It's like me on Mondays. So <laughs> I really love him. I think that he's probably one of my favorites from the non-main cast. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I have not thought of Randall as like that, but I have not asked that question that often. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you could put it into like one sentence why you like Kupa Hyacinth, what would what would it be? Um I guess this is a phrase that comes to mind a lot when I think about Purple Hyacinth. Uh, for me, it's it's a cinematic masterpiece. I'll put it like that. 
cinematic masterpiece uh, with a very interesting exploration on the topic of humanity. Okay, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I agree. It's one of the most skillfully, I think, drawn and like lit episodes. I'm not an artist, so like, I don't know if I'm so qualified to comment on that, but their lighting is amazing. And like, they're it's so they're, beautiful. Yeah, and I love their art style too. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we always joke like, Okay. Uh, I, I would say it's not appropriate, but we, you know, this is how the fandom is. We talk about how like Kieran's behind is very flat, right? Whether <laughs> in the fandom, I don't know if you're on Discord, but it's like a massive debate. But <laughs> no, this is just how so draws them. They're very willowy. Like that's they're like elegant, stretched out, like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, they, I love the art style so much. Like they've they've both done such a great job with the story itself, but then like Soap Soap's art like just brings it to life in such a such a uh, vivid way. It's it's really yeah. great. I love the art so much. Yeah. All right. So let's get started into episode one thirty. Um, this is a very this is a Polarisy episode. Which actually, mm-hmm. want to point out, um, we have our our other, you know, uh, one of our co-hosts who is a huge fan of Polarcy, so she really wants to be on this episode. And I was like, the timing didn't work out, so I was like, you know what, Hoot, we'll do another one, just you, a bonus episode for one thirty. We're gonna do it with you again. <laughs> so, we'll try to do it justice for her. <laughs> yeah, we're having two two versions of these. <laughs> so we start off with the flashback. Um, just to brief recap, we ended off with Polarcy, um, Bella and Darcy at the opera house and Bella kind of corners Darcy. So now we have a flashback and we learn about them, which I was, did you expect to have this? You know, I kind of, I wasn't sure if we were going to get the flashback so soon, but I did expect, you know, based on the ending of the previous chapter that we were going to go at least somewhat in depth into their relationship. Definitely wasn't how I expected it to go, but this was a really interesting chapter for sure. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I feel that Purple Hyacinth does is, like, we have a lot of unsolved questions, and, like, every episode just adds more and more questions. So to get Mm -hmm. an episode where you finally get some answers... (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, flashback, we have the SNE bar. Hmm, I wonder what that stands for. (laughs) I don't think I noticed it the first couple times I saw it. And we have Darcy reading a newspaper. And did you look at the newspaper and be like, oh, what headlines are there? Is it relevant? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. I, I did actually look at the newspaper. Um, I, I didn't notice anything super relevant, except until, I, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but uh, sort of, I think it's like one of the last panels that we see uh, Darcy with a newspaper. Uh, and you'll see there's a poem by Edgar Allan Poe called The Conqueror Worm which is a really interesting uh, choice to add in, uh, t- into the newspaper because the Conqueror Worm is, is a poem uh, that sort of talks about the, the downfall of, of man, our, our fears and hopes. And it's essentially like a, a bunch of angels watching the play of man and the downfall of man as, as this like Conqueror Worm comes in. And I think that's really interesting just kind of given the societal context of Purple Hyacinth. So I thought that that was like a nice little addition <laughs> in there, like subtle, but very interesting interesting choice of poem yeah. I did not notice it because I, I looked at like the first panel I didn't see anything relevant and I, I just didn't look at the newspaper again afterwards but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's a very interesting very interesting choice on on their parts uh good choice on their part I think yeah and I feel like at the ground it's their whole purple highs and five like the very morose and dark and depressing and tragic 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a very kind of uh, gr- grotesque poem in the way that it ends. So I think it really fits the vibe of Purple Hyacinth as, as well as, again, sort of the societal context with uh, people's like pride and, and greed and their unwillingness to, to listen to the masses sort of like leading to their downfall type of type of theme. Yeah. So she's at the bar and we see, um, I think it looks like three men who are sitting at the bar and they're talking and murmuring. One of them is this bearded man is murmuring, the person next to him nods, the other two go away, and then the bearded man drinks. Meanwhile, Darcy is surreptitiously watching. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he puts the martini glass, he gets up, buttons his vest, um, and then he looks behind him at Darcy, and Darcy's like, oh, starts sticking the newspaper in front of her head. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so successful. Uh, the guy leaves. And lighting is really nice, by the way. It's like, he yes. like, like captures the dust motes. It's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Darcy, you know, peers over at him, over the newspaper with her amazing supplies. <laughs> and she starts going. And one thing I noticed that I was a little bit surprised by, her outfit is a little rustic. It kind of looks a little childlike. It's like very simple, like farmer, her girl, which mm-hmm. I guess Darcy... um Bella comments on it later, and it feels a little bit like Darcy's trying to tone down her dress, like make it more, like not so rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think that she's trying to kind of uh, blend in in this scene. She, she, also, just kind of the way her makeup is usually done, she's usually kind of wearing lipstick in this one. She seems like she's probably mostly fresh faced. Um, and yeah, I kind of noticed that about the clothing too. I, I would assume again, probably to try to blend in with whatever the the kind of like culture is of of the area that she's at mm-hmm. in this bar um to try to look inconspicuous i suppose <laughs> yeah it still, it still felt a little um upper class to me but i don't know upper class but like not not working class because it's mm-hmm. like the sleeves are wide and the top is like ornamental and not useful and it's like that part of it is white, which is not a very practical color. I don't know, it just didn't strike yeah. me as like not a poverty outfit, that's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think you're right about that. Like it's it's definitely not like completely dressed down, um, but it's not as dressed up as she as we typically see her, for sure. So she opens up the door and you can tell she's trying to be surreptitious. She's looking around, um, and <laughs> um she doesn't see anyone, but then we have tap we have the guy from before the bearded man and he slams her into the wall and you know covering her mouth so similar to what darcy did right uh sorry mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. uh, but more more forceful <laughs> mm-hmm. now uh and she you know kind of struggles to get away but unsuccessfully and then he leers at her and he's like i recognize your pretty face you're that darcy bitch and he looks mm-hmm. very very terrifying yes <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really interesting that he recognizes her. Um, I, I guess I, I guess I, even though she's from like a prominent family, I guess I didn't necessarily think that she would be like easily recognizable because it, I mean, I, I guess like Will is also from a prominent family, but I, I feel like people don't necessarily like automatically recognize him. So I think that that's, you know, very interesting. Like he did have to, he's had to like introduce himself to people before. So it's kind of interesting that this, random man who we don't really know who he is for sure yet that he recognizes her 
Um, I'm not sure if he recommended her because of her noble class. I think it's more like what he says the next time. So she freezes and then he says, they sent you to spy on me, huh? I think it's because he knows she's a spy. So I think that they probably mm -hmm. have a list of spies and they're like, look out for these people. So oh, okay, okay. that's why he would know who she is. That makes sense. Ah, I see. Yeah, that, that does make sense when you connect it with the fact that he's, I, I recognize, you know, your pretty face. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty distinctive. Like we haven't seen any other character. I mean, just those eyes alone are like very. Yeah, probably just from like a basic description, he would know who she is. But that's, that is very interesting that if he has a list of, of, of people might be spying on him. I mean, it's, I, I think basic, basic safety, right? It's like, these are yeah, people. look out for them. Like, don't let them be around you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, I kind of wonder who exactly he is. Is he like part of some mafia or something like that? Um, yeah, we don't know. Kind of interesting to, to, I'm curious why she is spying on him and who exactly he is. I have a feeling it's, he's not really important and I don't think we're going to ever see him again. I think it's just like a plot device for us to have this situation with Bella and Darcy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And to show that she's been spying for five years. That's a long time. I know, yeah. She's got some experience under her belt. <laughs> yeah, she made it that long. <laughs> and while he says that, you see all the way from up on the roof, a shadowy figure watching them. And mm -hmm. uh, he's like, thought I would notice. And then you see this, well, we know it's the figure up on the roof put her hand on her dagger and we recognize that's the golden viper dagger and here we see Bella and she's like who was that interrupting with my mission and we don't exactly know who the mission is what do you think her mission was um I, that's such a good question I assume that she was probably also perhaps spying on this man I wonder if she was supposed to be tasked with killing him but she does have her golden viper dagger on her and we do see her like place her hand on it so i wonder if she was supposed to assassinate him but maybe now she feels like it's too public or she doesn't necessarily want darcy to see her not sure why she kind of hesitates here but yeah i'm i'm curious what do you think her mission might have been I'm, i don't know and i also again i don't think it's really relevant to the plot i think it's just yeah on a mission and whatever whether it's to spy on him whether it's to kill him like she doesn't kill him mostly yet. just kind of set up for the backstory of their relationship yeah i don't think it relates to the broader plot at all <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah no that's probably true <laughs> and um the guy meanwhile is like manhandling her there's two other people coming from behind him and he says too bad they didn't think of sending a more competent one but i'll do them a service i'll make sure to get rid of them uh get rid of them of the inconvenience like, okay. mm -hmm. and she is panicking she um you know her eyes are wide she's talking about she can't breathe she uh, is really trying to escape it looks like she's biting him and pushing her hands and kicking him like she's really doing her best to get out but she's mm -hmm. not successful and we have tap and you see someone looming over the three figures and whoop, <laughs> and there and then we see the artist's perspective like he looks really insane and you know, mm -hmm. get a snipe out, they're all laughing. But then, <laughs> like, whack, crash, the two guys, well, one guy's on the floor, then the other guy gets punched in the nose, he falls down, the middle guy is like, what the F? And then <laughs> Bella, who is just standing there, you know, framed by the lights. Mm. Her power stance. <laughs> and, you know, obviously she has her, like, 
oh, uh, badass line. Sorry if that's a curse, but that's it's <laughs> interrupted something. And you know, they're just on the floor in front of her. He turns around, like, who the hell are you? And so someone who's wish you never met. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's such a good panel. Yeah, but Bella's character is like this typical, very um strong sarcastic not scared of anything you know femme fatale kind of person mm-hmm. always very put together <laughs> yes yes she always looks uh very fabulous <laughs> in every panel and this yeah, one is I, no exception when we get to later on in the episode i would love to hear your take on like bella as a person and what she's about but i guess we'll get to that a little later <laughs> mm-hmm. of course first and he gets really upset. Um, he rushes at her while Darcy's poking in the background. He um, tries to stab her. She dodges. She slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> All the music for him to get slapped. It's like just I, meaning. He has so much like uh, shocked Pikachu face energy <laughs> in that panel. <laughs> yeah, you could tell. Like I think he would be like he's like okay, you could stab me, you could kick me, like but like slapping me that's so <laughs> getting slapped around <laughs> he has the, uh, the hand marks over here i think he's um yeah he's embarrassed that he got slapped <laughs> <laughs> and he's like how dare you and she slaps him again on the other cheek because she <laughs> is just spiteful like that <laughs> mm-hmm. she just is so clearly um more more competent than him <laughs> when it comes to combat and it's 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 like child's play for her <laughs> right that's what's so embarrassing about it right like if mm-hmm. she's it would show she's taking him seriously and she like has to dispatch the threat she's just slapping him she's like I, you're not a threat to me mm-hmm. yeah we have a chibi face and he's like i'll kill you and she's like hey language fix him <laughs> the butt which once again more embarrassment more shame crashes down he's in an embarrassing position i'm sure he's mortified and he tells us like and she's got you useless idiots and they all grab knives and then they all rush at her and she's like so much talk and so little entertainment <laughs> and um she kicks one dodges the other grabs the third and somehow they're all just flying away from her and crashing on various places and darcy's just watching and she's like flabbergasted oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, she looks very, very shocked. Uh, seems like she kind of can't believe her eyes. Yeah, Bella is clearly highly proficient in, like you said, combat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, turns around and watches, and then, you know, she's now finally taking a look at Bella. Bella looks down at her, and first she looks at her, like, neck, shoulders, and then she looks up and sees Darcy. And then she just turns around and leaves. Doesn't say a thing. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. That's very interesting. I think um, it's very interesting that she spares her. I guess. I guess I often think of of Bella as like a, a bit ruthless. Like obviously she she can be very caring, but I I was actually kind of surprised that she chose to to spare her. It kind of actually reminds me a little bit of the moment that Lauren and Kieran met, where it's like they look into each other's eyes for a moment and then you know kieran hesitates and he doesn't kill her kind of reminds me a little bit of of that first moment between them two where they look at each other for a moment and then bella decides not to kill darcy 
Right. I don't think she ever wanted, like, Tyrion was actually trying to kill her, kill Lauren when they met. Um, here, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, she's a random person on the street. Like, I don't think she's intending to kill random people. But the fact that she went in to save her, I think, is more of the surprise moment. Yeah. Well, that is very interesting. And she didn't want that person to get picked on. Like, she was saving an innocent person. Or what appears to be an innocent person from what she saw. Like, you don't ever mm-hmm. know but so i mean i think that speaks to bella i know in the beginning we were definitely not sure if she has a heart you know what mm-hmm. the morality but i think just yeah. you can tell see that she does yeah no definitely definitely yeah and darcy is like wait wait thank you wait and she gets up to try to as you know she says wait and bella does stop and darcy says wait again and she's like what do you want she's annoyed Mm-hmm. The other was incredible. It's like I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, which I like that. Um, I'm not a fan of false humil- humility. I'm like, yeah, you're a great fighter. Like, yes, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love Bella's attitude. I like that she kind of owns owns herself. <laughs> she knows that she's um, you know very skilled, and she's not afraid to just come out and say it. Uh, I like that about her a lot as a character, and I I think that their exchange is is really interesting. Um, I think, you know, this is like the their first meeting, and I I feel like maybe the the reason that it feels perhaps different to Bella is that Nera's Nera's like first response response is is to thank her, um, um, and those are words that Bella likely hasn't ever heard or you know if she has she likely has not heard them in a very long time especially combined with like such a sincere show of of gratitude I think that's kind of a a change likely a change of pace for her as someone who is uh, looked at as like so feared yeah yeah I'm sure I'm sure it is and she probably doesn't show that but yeah that may be good reason that she gives her even like the time of day yeah Mm mm-hmm and, you know, she starts walking away again. But Bella, Darcy just kind of like runs backwards. She's like, teach me, please. And Bella does stop. And she turns around and she like laughs at her. She's like, what? <laughs> and Darcy's like, teach me to defend myself, just like you did. And she she has this grin on her face. Like she's excited. She is eager to, to gain those skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is good. And... Bella just laughs and she's like, huh, you're funny, princess. It would take you years of practice. Would you be ready to put in the work, my lady? And she's like, yes. And she's like, well, then find yourself another mentor. I'm sure anyone will agree to teach you if your rich parents throw in their money. And she's like, how do you know I'm a lady? Which obviously, like, Bella had, like, a chip on her shoulder, right? She doesn't seem to like wealthy people that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, an automatically disparaging statement. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, oh, come on. You need to be dressed modestly, but your hands are as smooth as a newborn's. Your hair looks healthy and shiny, like it's been fed the best product since birth. She brushes her hair, which, of course, is not just a demonstrated moment of like, oh, look, your hair is shiny. It's like a little bit, I think, mental slash intimidate with how intimate it is. Mm-hmm. You know, a romantic move, obviously, for the shippers out there, that's what it's for. But it's also, it's an intimidating move. It's a power move when you do that to someone that you know. No, no, at all. Mm-hmm. You know, say I can touch you. Mm-hmm. Nope, I think that's very true. Definitely, kind of like yeah, an, an intimate, intimidating move, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Kind of setting the 
the precedent, I guess. Um, obviously not for their whole relationship, but kind of for how she feels in this moment, <laughs> putting her in her place a little bit. Yeah, I think, do you think she's also attracted to her at this point already? I think so. I think, like, just from the first moment that she looked at her face, I feel like probably she was attracted to her. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And yeah, the next thing she does is also, like, just stepping the intimacy even further, both with her actions and her <laughs> words. She leans in, like, sniffs her shoulder, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, smell like a dessert, an expensive one, which is totally sexually charged. Mm-hmm. Like, not even uh trying to hide it <laughs> yep yep just the way that she's like leaning leaning close to her collarbones um definitely definitely feels yeah very intimate very sexually charged for sure mm-hmm. yeah Bella knows how to put on a show <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely and she leans back now she's like you're not great trouble and Darcy to her credit is not loving by this she just has that same grin on her face and she's just fair enough I've been exposed but I was serious so that's credit to Darcy you know she's um someone as we saw like in recent episodes she keeps calm in situations mm-hmm. yeah no I actually I actually really like Darcy's just kind of general attitude and the the persona around her she seems very like cool calm collected unfazed it's actually kind of a, a a stark contrast to see I mean obviously it's completely reasonable why she would react that way but to see her so panicked in the beginning of the chapter um compared to how she's usually just you know cool as a cucumber mm-hmm. yeah and um, then Bella leans in and we have even more you know sexually charged moments because they're <laughs> and she does that move again <laughs> it's like she uh-huh. ball with her hand against her mouth like this poor girl can't catch a break <laughs> <laughs> and with her hand still covering her and then we have that same you know close-up just like we had last episode and she says first you can either use your free hand to break the opponent's nose or gouge their eyes like, or and then we come back to the present where Bella has just done this move to Darcy and we have the present action, but the past words. And mm-hmm. Bella is saying, push their body away from you as much as possible. You see Bella, um, throws the kicker, lift up your arm, turn your torso 90 degrees, swing down your elbow on their arm. And Darcy's doing that. Lock their arm on your chest, grab their head and slam it against the wall. And she is doing that in real life. There we have Darcy, who now has Bella coming against the wall. Mm-hmm. That was a very, very masterful use of past to present juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that that was a, a really great way to transition from past to present. Um, and I and I also I also just kind of like the sort of dynamic shift here where it's like, you know, Bella's so clearly um, I don't want to I don't want to say like, for lack of a better term, like superior in terms of, I guess, combats in the past. But now it's like they're equals, mm-hmm. which is a really kind of interesting dynamic shift. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we can derive necessarily that they're equals because I'm sure Bella has more opportunity to use combat in daily life than Darcy. Plus, mm-hmm. this situation, Bella is probably not fighting back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not necessarily equals like in, in combat, but I guess like maybe they see each other more as, as equals now, whereas maybe initially Bella was a little bit like, mm, just like a rich girl. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely more equal than before. Like, Bella, I think, is exceptional, so it would just be understandable of Darcy was like normal level you know mm-hmm. yeah um grown a lot so mm-hmm. yeah so she has that and then she releases her 
And Bella's like, pulling the tricks I taught you on me. Bold of you, Nira. And she says, you'd be disappointed if I didn't. What are you doing here? And then Bella, of course, doesn't answer her question. She's like, what are you doing with Radcliffe? And sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, that's uh, it's really interesting because it seems like Bella is very concerned about Redcliffe. kind of makes me wonder just, I mean, we've seen part of what he's capable of, but it just makes me wonder what else does she know that maybe we don't know about him? Because mm-hmm. she seems very concerned that Neyra is like spending any amount of time at all with Redcliffe. It's very interesting. I think it's because Redcliffe threatened Bella with their relationship and basically said like, I have to get rid of that girl if she's distracting you too much. So I think that she's just worried that anytime he sees her, he'll want to get rid of her. I think, mm. you know, honestly, this may just be a part of her. It may be like what you said, like she maybe she knew something else. It may just be that this is her emotional vulnerability where she is so afraid for Darcy. She doesn't want anything to happen to her. So she's like, stay away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think there's yeah definitely that protective element there for sure. Mm. And she says, so that's what this is about. You finally stop ignoring me because of him, which I think that statement shows us that Darcy knows that the reason she started ignoring her to begin with was because of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. She does seem to be, you know, aware, aware of that fact. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of uh, seems like their relationship maybe ended in a little bit of like, a, it's, it's not you, it's, it's me, like I'm doing this to, to protect you type of thing. Uh, yeah I don't know because she seems very bitter about it (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean I can't I can't blame her I feel like I feel like Darcy probably feels like you know maybe a bit like Lauren where she wants to feel independent and like she can hold her own um and doesn't necessarily want to be kept out of harm's way it's I mean it's tough to infer that just we don't have don't have like enough information but just based on what we've seen of Darcy's character I feel like if that were the reason for them to break up or stop speaking I think that she probably would be somewhat offended by that because she does seem like a very independent person yeah I think also there's a slight element of because she even though yes we know she's a spy and and she you know puts herself at risk she there is an element of her life that she doesn't understand Bella and her life and how dangerous maybe people in that life are so mm-hmm. you know she can be just very upset with Bella like why did you leave me and um she may not be able to understand how scared Bella is and why she's so scared mm-hmm. yeah no I I agree with that um it also it kind of reminds me of when Lauren wanted to like go to the underground with Kieran and Kieran's like no like no absolutely not you don't understand you know like there's definitely an elements of their lifestyles that only they can really understand um that yeah I, th- I think it would be hard for someone in an outside perspective to kind of ex- understand the extent of how the phantom scythe works and mm-hmm. all of the inner workings of of that system oh. yep and Bella is just like, stay away from him. She's emphatic. She's starting to look a little panicked, which usually Bella is very stoic or just like, not stoic. Usually she's laughing and sarcastic. Mm-hmm. People like how she really feels, but now she really is. And she says, why? And Bella's like, just stay the F away from him. And she's yelling, leaning forward. So she's panicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's clear that Darcy doesn't understand, wants to understand, but but doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Bella's not really going to get more answers. Um, 
whether it's out of loyalty to Redcliffe, whether it's just being unable to be emotionally intimate with Darcy and tell her, I care about you. You know, maybe she's just not able to do that, but mm -hmm. she's not willing to to talk more, which I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, like on her. Well, we do, we do talk more a little bit about the relationship with um, Redcliffe a little later, so I guess, okay, we can save it a little bit. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts sure. about the relationship. Sure. Um, so Darcy asks her, why are you here tonight? Why are you so scared? And Bella just puts her head in her hands. is like, Nero, please just listen to me and don't ask questions. Which once again, I'm like <clears throat> surprised that she's so emotionally distraught and like she's out of control. She can't put on that veneer of sarcasm anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, this is a person that she cares about a lot. And I think uh, because of that, whether whether consciously or subconsciously she does drop her guard mm -hmm. yep and um Darcy steps forward and he's like not when you're doing your very best to disappear right she's trying to track her down and this mm -hmm. is the time when I can speak with you and she goes you know keeps going further until Bella is back into the wall and she says Bella's like Nera <clears throat> and then suddenly we have a very surprising thing in his life the focus on Bella's surprised eyes because um, Nera is hugging her. Mm -hmm. So shocked. Her first look is shock. And, you know, you see Darcy tighten her arms around her shoulders. And then Bella reciprocates. She, you know, brings her arms up and wraps them around Darcy. And then she shuts her eyes. And that expression on her face is so... Like the look of someone who never has let themselves be hugged. And never has let themselves untense and like accept love from someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's this very like almost like like a look of of sorrowful longing almost. Very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I thought isolated like relief, but yeah, you're right. Longing is probably a better way of looking at it. We're both. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think like relief probably. I, there's probably like a quite a cocktail of emotions going on there. Um, but yeah, def there definitely seems to be this, like, like this hug is just so great for her. Yeah, it's, it's totally different from the Bella that we've seen before. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, it's amazingly, like, intimate and honest, and their subsequent conversation is even more honest. We have, um, I think Bella drops her hands, looks like, and... Darcy asked her, why don't you leave him? I know he's the reason you're avoiding me. You left me two years ago because of him. And then Bella says, you know, the same thing that she um, had said earlier. She says, he gave me my entire life. He got me the, out of the hellhole I was born in. I owe him everything. And, you know, that's like a very powerful thing, I think. So here I am curious about your... Okay, fine, let's finish these panels because uh, there's... Sure, sure. I, I, and Darcy's like, but you hate him. I know you do. And um, Nira pushes, Darcy pushes, sorry, Bella pushes her away. It's like, Nira, stop, please stop. And she's like, she can't look at her in the face. Her eyes are still closed. She says, you and I, it was over a long time ago and it will stay that way. And Darcy says, everything you become, you owe it to yourself. And you owe it to yourself to walk away from someone like him. And um, she's like, why are you so scared? And Bella says, you wouldn't understand. Don't make this more difficult. And, um, okay, so let's finish the panel and I want to like to talk about the thing. Um, she says, I came to warn you 
stay away from red flags at all costs. Pushes her away. Like Darcy's struggling. She doesn't want that. Do not do anything to draw his attention onto. Do not try to get close to me again. Stay away or you will regret it. Stay away from me. And then she walks away. And Darcy is left to look at her, you know, going down the hallway. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what are your thoughts on, on Dar- Bella's relationship with, with the Redcliffe? Redcliffe, uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, I think, like she says, she feels indebted to him. Um, I think there's probably also an element of fear there. I think that she is afraid of what he's capable of when it comes to her relationship, you know, with with Darcy. Um, I would I would I would assume that there's probably a lot that she you know hasn't explicitly said to Nera, maybe because it's it's a bit of like a you know the less the less you know the safer you are type of deal um but yeah I, I think again you know she came from from Grey Chapel uh you know as she lived a harsh life and I think you know now that she's out of that situation even though you know the, the phrase that comes to mind that they've they've used in the webtoon is you know a bloody cage is still a cage so even though that may be true you know it's it's preferable to the life she was living before where she kind of didn't really have a purpose she was just aimlessly selling matches on the streets cold and alone uh so yeah I think it's it probably is I mean you know we see this dynamic in real life relationships too where you know she feels like she owes him something and I think that that's why it's so hard for her to leave him even though you know she does not like him and probably like and generally doesn't really have any qualms about like killing other people that she doesn't like with him it's a little bit different yeah i think that that that, like it shows um kind of like a manipulative abusive relationship so well because it's not like her father her father's abuse was very flat out it was like he hit her he 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 yelled at her like he was (laughs) he didn't give her anything right so she didn't have Mm -hmm. problems killing him or you know looks like she was about to kill him but Redcliffe, it's a little bit more complicated. He gave her a lot, right? Like you said, he rescued her. He gave her like food, clothing, shelter, of uh, you know, an interesting job, right? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's the part. Like with the circus is is a fun job, right? Um, but then he's also very controlling and manipulative, and you know, doesn't let her have her own life. So it's not like it's just bad things coming from him. It's like a mix of good and bad. And he, in many ways, has become like a father figure for her. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you just love your family because they're your family and whether or not they treat you well, but he, it's a mix, right? He's not fully abusive to her, right? He's, he's done so much for her. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very like, there, there are a lot of relationships in real life where it's not like horrible all the time. It's exactly. Time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good and sometimes it's negative and sometimes you're just not sure. So I think that it's very realistic. Mm -hmm. no yeah I agree I think that this is actually portrayed so well I think it it kind of I mean for her it's like he literally saved her life you know not not in the literal sense but like I don't think that she ever felt alive before you know she became what she is now and I mean in a sense there probably is still like like a, a bit of lifelessness there because she's not able to pursue like you know love for example um but I think you know up until she met Redcliffe, she was probably kind of just existing in this in this vacuum of like, you know, like almost like a limbo 
you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're just here in limbo. <laughs> Nothing's happening in life. She doesn't, she didn't really have a purpose or a direction in life. Um, and now I think she does have a purpose. However, however much she believes or doesn't believe in it, it's still a purpose. Uh, whereas before this, you know, she was just kind of existing and not really living. So I think in, in a lot of ways to her, he literally saved her life, which obviously if that happened to you in the real world, you would feel very indebted to that person. And it probably would be very difficult for you to like argue with them. You'd probably feel very guilty if you ever wanted to oppose them because that person saved your life. So it's a very realistic dynamic. Um, I think they've done a really good job of, of portraying that dynamic. And um I think also this scene does show a little bit of what you were you were saying before that Bella probably knew something about Redcliffe that Darcy doesn't know because she, you know, she tells her like she really, really emphasizes stay away from him. So yeah, I mean I, it could just be what we saw before where Red she fears Redcliffe is just gonna get away with uh do away with Darcy because he's getting he's a distraction, right? She's a distraction for for Bella, but maybe there is something else that we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm like very curious to kind of, again, we've talked about how there's so many questions in Purple Hyacinth, um, but yeah, I'm very kind of curious to find out a bit more about him um, because again, she's, I mean, she's very adamant about this. She's stay away from him at all costs. I'm sorry, I can't explain this to you. You're just, just going to have to trust me and stay away from him. Um, so yeah, it really feels like, you know, that's like a, again, like a, the more you know, the, the less you know, the better for you type of thing where she, I feel like she feels like even just saying this information to a person that she trusts could put that person in harm's way. Yeah, well, we'll probably learn more about it later. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's all the good drama, their interaction, right? It's like, you know, she has to say no to the person she loves. She's being, you know, Darcy's being rejected. It's high drama. It's emotional, all that. <laughs> Yeah, no, this, I mean, this was such a such a great scene as such a great moment of humanity for Bella, where it's like she is allowing herself this this one moment of humanity before, you know, she she stops the hug and then the mask goes back on and then it's all. Yeah, so I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I'm still a little conflicted. Like, I don't know how moral Bella is. Even now, when she shows emotions, they're all centered around like her selfish desires. Like, it's not it's not about altruism, out like general moral principles it's all about her so i am curious to hear what your thoughts are on bella and morals or emotions her sort of i guess moral compass is very interesting i think that she is very much like a live for herself kind of person you know she 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 cares about naira because she she cares about her and she wants her to be safe because she cares about her um and i think yeah i think that her moral principle is very much kind of just guided on her own whims and based on you know how she personally feels about certain things I don't know if she has like a as clear of a moral compass as someone like like Kieran <laughs> I think that she kind of is just like if I don't like you if you're in my way I won't hesitate to kill you but the people that she cares about she she cares about and she she will do everything in her power to to keep them safe um and I I feel like Nera is probably especially special to her because I, I, I mean, I get the sense that she doesn't have many people that she cares about genuinely. Um, I mean, she's got kind of like a friendship going on with Kieran, I guess they're, they're old pals, but as far as actual human caring, uh, I don't really think that she has that type of bond with anybody, but 
Neira, and that's probably why this bond is so significant to her, uh, kind of in the same way. I've spoken about this before on my channel, but sort of in the same way that Lauren and Kieran are like each other's humanity, I think maybe for Bella, Neira is her humanity. So, yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't seem like she has other other people she's close to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's not really the type to let her guard down. So, just the fact that she is so vulnerable with Neira, I mean, I think that everybody kind of needs that in life, and she she gets that, you know, from from Neira. Uh, but of course, there's also the desire to protect her. So I think it's it's actually probably quite difficult for Bella. And that's why she probably does drop the mask for a moment and lets herself just sort of relish in that hug for a minute, hugs her back. But then she says, no, I need I still need to pr- protect you. So I can't let this linger on too long. But it's clearly very difficult for her to reject that because it is probably like one of the only relationships she has in her life that is significant and meaningful to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough to be so alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, she's very alone in life. And I think that that's, you know, very clear in her personality. Like I can definitely see where her personality developed the way it it did because she is very alone in life and she is in a line of work if you can call it that where you know she has to be very cautious about who she does trust so she probably does not really allow herself to be vulnerable with many people but at the end of the day she's still a human she still has vulnerabilities and Neira's I think the only person who can really understand those to some extent mm-hmm. yeah I was just about to I was like in speculate like oh why does watching like Nera, but then you know what we have next which is a continuance the flashback does show us i think a little bit of why because um we flash back to that scene where they first met and it looks like darcy has just completed the instructions and you know she has her arm there under on bella and bella's like good job this if i see i'll give you that so pretty sure she likes that <laughs> mm-hmm. and she goes away and she's like Wait, that's it when can i see you again uh-huh already into her <laughs> mm-hmm. yep <laughs> already clear connection mm-hmm. and she looks at her and bella is just going away she waves and she says never <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> yeah it actually makes me so curious like how did they wind up meeting again i mean they clearly had like a very close relationship Mm-hmm. um before you know whatever happened with Redcliffe happened with Redcliffe and she decided that it was time to stay away from Darcy but it, it really makes me wonder like how did they meet again mm-hmm. what made them decide to you know I mean again Bella seemed very like you know you'll never see me again this is a one-time thing makes me very curious what made her change her mind well I feel like hmm. I would suspect that Dorothy's work as a spy would probably bring her into some interaction with the same circles that Bella hangs out with. Yeah, um, I would think that that's definitely probably a part. Maybe they maybe they have like kind of similar targets. Uh, we I don't know how long like Darcy has been involved with the Queen or how that all came about, but they are kind of like as far as we know on on opposite sides um so it's kind of it's kind of interesting and i wonder if they maybe had like the same targets and kept running into each other or you know what exactly happened between them what prompted bella to decide to start caring about naira because i'm sure she's been attracted to people before but what was different what's different about darcy um i i have this like vision where they keep bumping into each other and bella's like you again what are you doing here why are you stalking me <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, yeah, I'm very interested to, I hope that we get like a little bit more backstory because I am very interested to see like what made their relationship progress from this point. Um, because again, Bella just doesn't really seem the type to let someone in. So it's again, it's just like a curiosity. I wonder what was so different about Darcy. And again, I, I think that Darcy just in general is is very different from the typical reaction. Again, just in the way that she thanks her. She's not like afraid of her, like you might expect. I mean, she just, you know, kicked a bunch of people <laughs> to the curb right in front of her, right before her eyes. Um yeah. and I think, her I think reaction that's, is that's gratitude. Right. I think Bella probably gets a lot of disgust and fear and, in, you know, um, distant responses. But mm-hmm. for from Dorothy, she got admiration and appreciation. Yeah. And I mean, like a lot of times in media, it's a trope where like, you know, the hero saves saves the lady with the kid and the lady you know the hero walks up to the lady to like return her purse and then the lady's like ah, like runs away <laughs> and is afraid of of the person who you know just saved them mm-hmm. um and i'm sure that bella has probably gotten that reaction before you know she or, like, if, she, if she's if she's if she's ever saved someone before i'm sure that she was probably met with you know fear or mm-hmm. disdain because you know she's just <laughs> punched a bunch of you know grown men to the curb right in front of her but again yeah instead of reacting with like fear or disdain Neira reacts with gratitude and very sincere gratitude mm-hmm. she wants to see her again she's she admires her she she says thank you um which are all things that I think that Bella probably has either never gotten or very 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 rarely gets mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure who else in her life would give her like genuine gratitude Right. Yeah. I mean, and Darcy being very pretty can't can hurt. I mean, yeah. I mean, Darcy being just like really hot probably, <laughs> probably also doesn't hurt. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if we'll get like a bit more information on how their relationship progressed from this point. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really like their dynamic, and it's uh, nice to see that side of of Bella as well. I think there's also an element that she likes the other you know Bella grew up very poor and she clearly sees this person as rich I think there's an element of interest in like how do the other side live and like mm-hmm. she's so different from me I think there's some people really like to understand people who are different than them yeah I think there's a definite curiosity and I, I think that that's probably also you know relevant to to Darcy in her view of Bella as well is probably very intriguing to see this like you know gorgeous pink-haired woman drop down from the sky and <laughs> beat up a bunch of guys slap them around and then just you know dip out like nothing happened I'm sure that to Darcy that was probably you know she's lived in proper society I'm sure that to her that was probably also very intriguing yeah right where she you know it's felt like for Darcy particularly she's from a rich background but she's also feisty you know like she probably doesn't expect that Mm-hmm. yeah yeah like they kind of they kind of uh, match each other's energy in a lot of ways I think both have kind of that feisty <laughs> persona right. um and I yeah I think that that they probably both of them were a little bit curious about about each other yeah I guess um what do you think that like the end game for the relationship is the story oh man this the end game in general is really difficult for me to predict for purple hyacinth because i feel like it could just go so many ways it could absolutely be tragic um or it could be hopeful I, for me bella's bella's 
is tough. Kieran, Kieran and Bella are both tough because it's like, they're both very much like victims of circumstance. Um, I think intention matters. Uh, I do think that the circumstances in which they grew up and like the the society that they're growing up in is not our society. This is a different society. So I think it's, you know, relevant to judge morally based on the standards of that like society. Like I think it's important to account for the fact that, you know, we're not living in modern society. This is a different society um, and they have different circumstances going on within that society. Uh, so it's really, I mean, personally for me, I would love an ending where, uh, there's some type of redemption for these characters. I don't know about Bella because I I, I think she's been a little bit more ruthless. Uh, I think she shows less remorse in in the killings that she has committed. So for her, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I will say for Kieran, I do like to think that, you know, intention matters. The fact that he feels guilt matters. And I like to hope that at least for him, there will be some redemption. But as far as Nehra and, uh, and uh, Bella, oh gosh, I mean, I feel like it, I feel like this could be like a tragic end for them. It's really hard to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible that at some point, maybe Bella will sacrifice herself for Nehra. It's really hard to predict though. What do you think? I'm curious. Um, you know, I'm definitely with you on the whole like atonement thing. As much as we've been seeing Bella's human side and we see now that she has emotions, I'm still not like a fan of her because she doesn't have remorse for all the murders yeah. that we can tell at least. And like Kieran's the opposite. Kieran like hates himself and he is, you know, just chastising himself every single day for what he's done. And mm-hmm. Bella is just much more flippant and um I wouldn't cry if something happened to her. Sorry, all. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, 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 exactly. I agree. I think it's again. I think intention matters, and the fact that Bella d- doesn't really seem to feel like any significant guilt or remorse for the things that she does, and kind of lives like based on her own moral principles. Like she's very like, if it if it suits me, then <laughs> then it's great. If it doesn't suit me and it's inconvenient, then I'm not interested in it. Um, uh, and yeah, I think that she kind of has the same a- attitude towards killings, you know, if it's, she'll do it if it's, if it's convenient, if it feels necessary, but she doesn't feel any like particular type of way about killing <laughs> versus not killing. Um, and I think that that's like a significant factor to, to think about when judging a character's morality, uh, which is why I feel like her ending might not be the happiest um and i mean i i I agree it's very nice to see her human side i i really like the way that she interacts with Neira, but i don't necessarily think that she's redeemable per se because she's only shown care towards this one person whereas Mm -hmm. you know for kieran he's really only killing when necessary he's kind of been forced into this life uh we don't know what would happen if he stopped most presumably he would get killed or if he has people you know that could put lauren in danger like there's so many factors as to why i think kieran has to keep doing what he's doing and why he feels the need to keep doing what he's doing um and so i I think that the way i judge him morally is a bit different from the way i judge bella morally um, but it does make me sad for Darcy because <laughs> I, I feel like their ending might not be a happy one, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm curious. And I'll, you know, I, I'm in general an optimist. So I've always, I'm always hoping for a positive ending in general for Pearl Hyacinth, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's 
tough. It's tough to say that I really can't predict their ending, but I, I really do hope that Lauren and Kieran at least get a happy one. <laughs> Amen. I will be very, very sad if that doesn't happen. I'll probably just like blank it out of my mind and invent my own happy ending. Yeah, no, yeah. We would have to like start writing fanfics if <laughs> Lauren and Kieran don't get a happy ending. Um, but it's, I mean, it's really tough to predict like what's, what Soph and F are going to wind up doing with the ending of the series. I could really see it going either way but the optimist in me is hoping that you know we get that happy ending um or or at least you know even if bella doesn't necessarily like you know die it doesn't have to necessarily be like that type of tragedy but i hope that there's just like at least a satisfying end for people maybe that that means that bella and darcy go their separate ways and don't wind up together necessarily but doesn't necessarily mean that either of them has to die so jail for the rest of her life yeah i mean maybe some yeah some other type of some other type of punishment maybe i don't necessarily think it needs to be in the form of like bella dying or or darcy dying but uh yeah it's 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 difficult to to predict yeah i guess um for the last question if unless you have anything else to say um what was your favorite panel for this episode it's a new thing i started asking I think probably my favorite panel, I, I don't know if I can pick just one. I think that my favorite kind of sequence is the hug. Mm-hmm. I think just like that moment of of Bella being like, oh my gosh, okay, this is happening. And then, you know, she reciprocates for just one moment. I guess maybe the panel of her face where she has that kind of look of of longing, like this yeah. is such a such an incredibly wonderful feeling for her but she knows that it's like a fleeting moment in time it can't last forever Mm -hmm. um and then she drops her hands I think that that's kind of my favorite sequence but if I had to choose one panel I suppose the like look on her face of like knowing it's this isn't something that can last yeah that's that's the panel I would choose to yeah but trying to enjoy the moment yeah I think that that's a really good one They're, they're so good at just like expressing emotion in the art like you can so clearly tell you know like it's it's an emotion where even if you can't necessarily put words to it like you can understand you can understand the feeling mm-hmm. um yeah i think that i just think that's a really great panel right and there's so much in it like besides for what you said like i saw that like the letting the defenses down the relief and you know it's all there so <laughs> yeah, it's amazing panel. yeah that's a great one yeah. i guess any any other thoughts on the episode as a whole or anything that you want to say to people high sense before we close out um, I don't think so. I guess, well, I guess I would, uh, redirect your, your earlier question to you. Who are your favorite characters? For curiosity. Obviously, like, here it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Lauren is probably my favorite female character in all of Webtoons. Um, mm-hmm. I love characters like her. First of all, she's smart. She is determined. She is bold she is strong-minded she's independent she does what she wants she doesn't let anyone tell her what to do she is you know clever she's resourceful she's brave um i and she's caring about her friends and her family i just love love her so much and kieran also like kieran i would say like in terms of let's say my um you know uh the, my romantic tendencies right um mm-hmm. i love people who read little <laughs> 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 books He's um, one of the, I cannot recall other, another webtoon character who like loved reading. Maybe I'm just not reading the right, you know, webtoons, but like mm-hmm. reading is super important to me. So if you read and you, you know, you've gone off like a million points in my eyes and then he's a sensitive mm-hmm. soul, you know, 
he's like a he's a he's a lover artist type which I also love and he's also obviously very capable and you know he got that great sense of humor and unflappable very loyal very um also capable like I, I value that and um a good person and a caring person like he would be a loving person which I, I like that yeah I think I think that's probably why I feel like so so sympathetic towards Kieran and like why I want that happy ending for him because like you said he's he is a kind person in unfortunate circumstances um and totally agree about Lauren I I love that she's uh flawed too like I think my favorite part about her is that she is flawed like we see her make rash decisions emotional decisions um but it's nice it's it's nice you know it's it's like it's like a breath of fresh air because I, I feel like one of the tropes that I that I dislike that some webtoons like fall into is where like the main characters are like Mary Sue's <laughs> you know like they're they're too perfect they're kind and great and everything about them is just great but there's no there's no human flaw um so I like that Lauren is like she's so likable but she's also so human mm-hmm. kind of the same yeah. with Kieran so. and you know I don't know if you you thought about this but like I've over time understood that there are certain flaws that not only do I tolerate I probably like them so like her type of flaw, I, I like that kind of flaw where like mm-hmm. she is rash and like jumps into things and is overly passionate. I, that's the kind of thing I like. I know it's yeah. good all the time, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I, and I think it's a relatable flaw, you know, like when she sees Sake and she knows she's not supposed to, you know, chase him, but she like chases him anyway. I'm like, you know, that's so relatable because, you know, if, if I saw someone that I, hated as much as she probably hates sake too i might have done the same thing uh so i think that you know she's she's very relatable and i i I agree like it's it's a flaw but it's it's a likable flaw and i feel like that can be like a difficult balance because obviously you don't want to give your character flaw that makes your audience hate them (laughs) so i think that they've done a really great job with the characters and making them balanced and like feel human um having enough likable traits but also having flaws so yeah i agree kieran and lauren are great (laughs) yeah yeah, no, it's great. And the characters making mistakes, like in terms of Bella and Darcy, right? I'm sure they've made mistakes with each other and, you know, mm-hmm. not each other the best at all times. But mm-hmm. that's life. That's how we all are. We make mistakes. We grow. Exactly. Yep. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. Yep. I think that that's like the, be- the be- one of the best things about Purple Hyacinth is nobody's perfect, but they're all just, you know, navigating life and doing the best they possibly can given the circumstances. No. No. Well, thank you so much for, for joining. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, and everyone, please check out um, Zuki's Corner. It is a great, great channel. So please check it out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tacos, Anne Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Imelda, Esther, Amachi People, Emily Jean, Jen, Erin, Kate, Lily, Beckett, Samantha, Christine, Sadie, Kelly, Teresa, Mrs. Castaldo, Diana, Luisa, and Rachel. Your support is truly appreciated. 